We're back to the Total Celebrity Show on the Total Education Network. Again, TotalTutor.net for more information. Twitter, TotalTutor, Neil S. Haley. Facebook, LinkedIn, Neil Haley. Instagram, TotalTutor. And Pinterest, Neil Haley. And I'm so excited about my guest. Uh, One of the the best uh, NFL wide receivers I consider. Six-time Pro Bowler. 10,000-yard receiving club plus uh 2000 decade all decade nfl team i want to welcome the program celebrity apprentice uh terrell owens terrell how are you man and i'm appreciate you calling the program i'm good man how are you fantastic it's it's amazing to watch uh what's happened to you in the last six months we talk about the super bowl commercial to being on the celebrity apprentice and we're seeing a different tarot for sure i think in a lot of ways to what we saw a long time ago in your playing career really uh a playful guy somebody really interesting to uh learn about and i think you like that right a different side of you for sure right well yeah i mean i think i'm just uh you know everybody gets see uh you know uh, another side of 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 Terrell uh, obviously the football player um everybody always has had this perception of me based on my football persona so again you know uh, it, it's it's uh, you know we're in a world and an age now where we have reality tv and uh we have a number of shows and we have a number of uh uh, social media outlets where you know obviously now we we have more of a voice but i think with the platform that I've been put on um, and, and I've been privy to, to be a part of uh, talking about the NBC uh, celebrity appearance with Donald Trump. And I've had my own reality show. Um, it gives uh, everyone, obviously, as you said, a, a different side and different perspective of uh, and a different perception of, of who I am. So I'm just thankful, you know, and, and blessed that you know God has put me in a number of situations to to show people otherwise. So other than that, you know, I'm being myself. You know, it's no different than I've than I've ever been in my life. Uh, again, like I said everybody's now just being able to, to to see that side of me. And that and that's the problem. The media paints a picture, Terrell, and then that's what they think. And specifically, that could be just one bad day or one certain situation or how people want to write. But then when you finally see who you are and see how you work, and I, and I think that life after football is a perfect timing to show what you're doing life after football, being on The Celebrity Apprentice, learning what you're doing currently and and kind of showing that there that not just the the competitive sides you had in football you have the same competitive edge when it comes to business for sure I, what i saw yeah, in the absolutely. Show. yeah 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 absolutely and i think with the show uh as i mentioned definitely give you and has given myself a different platform than uh, what i'm accustomed to um again obviously to, to be able to be put in a position to to be selected as project manager and having to be able to delegate uh, delegate tasks and, 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 and be a person that has to, to be in charge of you know having people execute those those tasks um, it was a, it was a, it was a good feeling um, you know for myself uh, now post football obviously trying to get into some, um, some business ventures um, and really trying to you know have those things like, uh, you know get off the ground um, that was definitely a platform that I needed. Uh, definitely got my juices to flow, flowing in, in terms of uh, being business savvy, business minded, um, and really knowing how to really just uh, yeah, really take care of myself and take hold of of, of really my 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 entity, my empire. So um, again, I have a long way to go, and uh, you have guys like Donald Donald Trump, who obviously is a great blueprint uh, for for being successful. 
Um, he's a guy that's had his ups and downs, and you know, uh, no one's perfect, and, and and neither am I. So again, it was just interesting just to to understand, you know, obviously what it takes, you know, to to make a business successful, and it doesn't take just one person. Um, it takes a collective, uh, collective, and a collective effort, you know, by everybody and a lot of parts uh, involved. Working with the different. Uh, celebrity entities on this show and their personalities and different things. It's a lot, a lot more different than I guess dealing in the locker room, right? As, with a team, because you have such a wide variety, especially you're looking at all these superstars all on one team. It must be interesting, right? Especially some of them that had more experience in business than you did. And then others that are just think they are business savvy, but really don't have a clue. So you saw all yeah, those I mean, different things. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, there are some interesting parts to it, but I think there are some parallels to football with, in terms of having uh, a number of uh, different people, personalities, uh, egos, and, have to, and having to really uh, collect all those egos and put every all those egos in line in order to, obviously, to, to, to perfect or bring to fruition, uh, you know, uh, the task at hand. And so, obviously, you know, with the task of, uh, whatever, whatever it was in terms of the celebrity printing, you know, there's a lot of people in the room that, you know, thought they knew it all and uh, a little bit, uh, some of the people a little bit more uh, informative and a little bit overzealous and uh, really in trying to throw their weight around a little bit. Um, you know, there's always going to be those people where, you know, some people may think they know it all and there are some people going to be a little bit uh, more reserved in, in terms of uh, their input. Um, and, and we try to not to be so overbearing, but, you know, depending on who the project manager, you know, just to be a part of a team concept, you got to have something. You, you want to bring something to the table. And there are going to be times where, you know, you're going to be able to bring a little bit more than, than someone else on, on depending on the, the project um, than the other person. So um, at the end of the day, uh, just like I said, as a parallel, it's, uh, you, you're, you're trying to, we're all trying to reach a common goal. And we have to do that collectively, and we have to do it together um, in order to do that. So everybody kind of has to pull their weight. And, you know, I think it's it's just a great overall experience knowing that, you know, for me, I related it to football because I saw what was going on. There were a lot of different dynamics that were, you know, a part of what was going on and different personalities. Um, You know, sometimes there had to be some mediating um, yeah. between some of the personalities here and there um, to, in order to kind of, you know, get things moving forward. So we were really trying to move forward, not take steps back. And, you know, that's how it is sometimes. Life, you know, it's just like life. You know, sometimes life's going to give you some, some curveballs, going to give you some humps, get some bumps in the road here and there, but you got to keep moving forward. What kind of advice did you get before going on the show? Talking to specific people that have been on The Apprentice, did you get an opportunity to talk to them or watch other shows to kind of prepare? It was interesting. John Rich, who won Celebrity Apprentice, told me I interviewed him. He said, hey, I made sure I didn't, you know, cause lots of waves. I really was a team player. I understood what was going on and what my persona to keep going to get to that final part because I knew if I made it that far, I was going to win. Did you get any advice going into this to to this event? Because you know you see specifically one bad week and you're gone, especially if you're the project manager. Well, no, I I, I tried to get as much information I could going into it. Um, I was one of the late entries or additions to the show. Um, I think they had someone and they ended up 
uh, dropping out or what have you. So as uh, as the show unfolded, I realized that some of the the cast they had already uh, they had already uh, known that they were going to be on the show like six to nine months out. So oh wow! Yeah, it was too. It was. I, I mean, I got added like two weeks of of going, you know, flying out to New York. So. I just tried to get as much information as I could. Uh, kind of got a couple of DVDs from a couple of people here and there, just to kind of get a feel for the show because I hadn't watched it um, at all. I had heard about it, so um, you know, for me to try to familiarize myself in a couple of weeks, uh, you know, I did what I could. But at the same time, you know, me understanding, you know, that we were going to be on a team, you know, there there had to be that team aspect and uh, and concept to it. So um, as you said, it was done. I mean. You know, obviously you want to be a team player, um, but at the same time, there's going to be some strategic uh, maneuvers along the way. But overall, you 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 obviously you want to win, and there's going to be some strategic uh, taxes that you have to take. You know, and they may work well or go well for you, and they may not. Um, as you saw um, in the first couple of episodes with uh, Kevin Jonas, yes. you know, I think he, he kind of hurt himself um, trying to play a game within a game. And so that's really not how you're supposed to really, uh, you know, conduct yourself. And really in terms of uh, conducting business, you know, there's really, you can't play a game, you know, with the peers that you're you're working with and really trying to really play a game with Donald, you know what I mean? So no. <laughs> um, you're in a project manager position, so you can't try to, you know, bring somebody uh, to the hot, to the boardroom that's not supposed to be there thinking that, you know, they're going to be voted off or fired uh, for whatever reason. I don't think that was uh, the wrong tactic that he took. And, you know, I think hindsight, looking at it, I think I'm sure he would have done some things differently. Um, but those are some of the things as the show unfolded. You kind of get a sense how the show is going to go and how it's going to unfold and um, how Donald is, is going to assess, you know, each situation and, and make his firing. It, definitely. And we all know reality television, there's a lot of stuff in the background that you're not seeing completely on TV. I've heard about that in Shark Tank and different reality shows in general. And that's that's the, that's the, the fun thing about it. You never know once finally you watch it and see, oh, my gosh, this is what happened. And it just it is what it is in so many ways. Now, what charity were you playing for, Terrell? And tell us about I that. Was, yeah, yeah. Right. I was playing for the Boys and Girls Club of America. And obviously what Boys and Girls uh, Club do, they provide uh, pretty much a safe haven, uh, pretty much a spot where kids can go and uh, get off the streets. Um, they can study, um, you know, educate themselves, kind of, you know, I think they, you know, some facilities provide tutors. Um, you know, again, allow kids to, to kind of feel at home and, you know, they don't have to be out on the street doing, you know, God knows what. So, um, you know, I never was fortunate uh, enough to, uh, to be of something like that. So I understand, uh, uh, what it offers, Boys and Girls Club offers. I mean, there's a number of people that back the Boys and Girls Club in terms, you know, you think about Shaquille O'Neal and, um, you know, Denzel Washington. Yes. There's a number of people, um, that are very heavily involved, um, with that association. So, um, I just wanted to do whatever I could, um, being that I know what those uh, that 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 organization does for kids and just wanted to try to add add to you know to what they're doing so um unfortunately i didn't you know i wasn't able to win but um again i i did you know what i could and i put my best foot uh forward as far as my effort was concerned well you gave you at least give them uh being a project manager and having the opportunity at times you were able to at least tell about 
how great that charity is and what the great things that they're doing. And that's the important thing, bringing in awareness. And that's what the Celebrity Apprentice is all about. All these celebrities get together, but really the emphasis is the charities that you're raising money for, uh, for sure. Now, uh, right from there, I guess we talk about life after football, your businesses and stuff like that, because you chose to go on the Celebrity Apprentice because you are really learning in that process of becoming an entrepreneur, life after football. I understand you have a T-shirt line, different things. So tell us a little about your T-shirt line and some of the other your other projects. Well, yeah, my T-shirt line is uh, based on what I went through as a kid and, and, and even post-football, you know, being able to, to be in the physical shape and condition that I'm, that I'm in. Um, people have always asked me, you know, what do I, what have I done? What did I do in my career to get to where I was? And even now to be in the shape, you know, um, all walks of life, they, they, they know I played football for 15 years. Um, I consider myself in, uh, in incredible condition and shape. Um, and so people want to know, you know, how do I, how, how was I able to do it? You know, how do I maintain uh, my level of fitness and, and, and what to do is really giving them that message. And even for the kids that ask me, you know, well, how did you become, you know, a superstar? How did you become T.O.? And it wasn't an overnight process. And I try to express that uh, to a lot of the kids that I may stand before in terms of high school, um, you know, uh, junior high, elementary, uh, or what have you. And a lot of the collegiate um, um, kids as well. It's just really trying to give them that blueprint of what it takes to get to the next level. And, and unfortunately, um, every kid is not going to make it to, to be no, a professional. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's an opportunity, but there's an opportunity there that if you do the right things and the necessary things, you will put yourself in a position, you know, just in case an opportunity knocks that you, you never know what can happen. And that's how it happened for me. I never dreamed of being a professional football player. And, and, and that's what I want to convey to a lot of kids that may not even know right now. They, there's kids across the country right now, laying their heads on their bed right now, have no idea that. You know, they put themselves doing the right things, eating right, um, doing what's more than required of them, doing that, putting forth that extra work. You know, when nobody's watching, um, you're setting yourself up and you're, you're building a foundation for, for an opportunity that may arise. And you never know where that opportunity may take you or where it may bring you. And that's what I want to convey by, by that mantra of, and that message of, uh, on my shirt is what to do. Because you can do whatever it is that you want to do, and the kids that have dreams now, they're 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 leaps and bounds ahead of ahead of where I was. Because I never dreamed of of being a professional athlete, and these kids already have that in their in their thoughts right now. Uh, and you and you and you cap that off with an opportunity, a dream capped off by an opportunity. You never know where it could be, where it could lead to. You can be the best collegiate or the best high school, and again, you do whatever it takes to 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 build that foundation from collegiate or from high school to collegiate level, you're building a base of, of what you could become on a professional level. Uh, the fact that you may be given an opportunity. Uh, I went to a small school. Uh, I wasn't highly recruited um, coming out of high school. I wasn't a high school All-American um, or anything like that. Um, but, again, I, had, I was a kid that, that was hungry. I didn't want to accept being mediocre. Um, I wanted to be just as good, if not better, than my peers around me that were in high school uh, and even the ones that were in college that were better than me right, at the exactly, time. Yeah. Um, when those, yeah, when those people went on vacations and did, they were going to the clubs or doing this and that, I was in the weight room. I found, you know, I tried to find whatever it was to get me to where they were. 
Right. And you saw it specifically, you, the, the, you never thought of that dream, but you had that work ethic to say, what do I need to do to be able to get to this level? You never dreamed it would happen, but you had that work ethic and that idea, I'm going to be the very best I can be. And you're trying to tell everyone that if you have a dream, go after it. It sounds like T.O. Am I correct? Oh, absolutely. It's, uh, it's, it's one of those things, what you were saying, I just came up with an idea. Uh, it's kind of, you know, how they have these builder bears. You can have a builder dream. You know what yes. I mean? You, you can build a dream, you know, based off, you know, just the little nuances and the skills that you have. You can build upon that. You can enhance it um, by, you know, just, you know, sometimes, you know, you don't have to be on the computer, you know, two and three hours of playing games. You know, take some of that extra time. Go out and play. Uh, go play a sport. Compete. You know, uh, allow yourself to get better. Um, and that's what I did. It's that work ethic. Um, again, if you're not fast enough, if you're not strong enough, um, if you're not big as you think you should be, you can you can get bigger. You can get faster. Yes. You can you can become stronger, and it and it and it requires extra work. And that's what I did. You know, I was a skinny, scrawny kid coming out of uh, Alexander City, Alabama. You know, going to going out going to college in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and I really I made myself into who I am today. And, and I just want to realize, I can't emphasize it and I can't probably stress it enough to a lot of kids that I know that, that were, that's just like me, right. um, that were around 13, 14, 15 years of age. You really have no idea, um, what it is, you know, that lies ahead. But if you, like I said, put forth that extra work, um, you know, things, things, things will happen. And I just basically took advantage of the opportunities that, that, that was in front of me and that was given. That, see, that's tremendous, and that's a tremendous message for our, our, our listeners out there, what T.O. says. What what can I do? What what to do to become the best and not to give up and to continue to go and strive for your dreams, whatever dream it is, as you said, to build a dream. It could be any dream. It could be in, it could be on the, on the court. It could be on the field. It can be in the game of life. And that's the thing is you're showing as an, as a, as an entrepreneur now to, you you have your new dreams. And what do you think those new dreams are? Those new dreams for you that you want, that you want to do. Um, right now, it's uh, right now. I'm in the process of trying to develop my own clothing line outside of the T-shirt. This is pretty much a fashion line. This is fashion with a message, you know, somewhat of a, you know, that style, you know, being fashion forward. Um, I've always been a guy that likes fashion. I like home decor. I come to realize I kind of had a niche and had a, had a kind of a, an affection for home decor, yeah. which a lot of people don't know, um, because all everybody anybody does know unless they do some type of specialty piece about you is that, you know, they all they knew me as is a football player. Um, but I have passions outside of that. And so uh, for me, it's fashion. Uh, I like home decor. There's things uh, I'm working on right now um, with that. And so, again, you know, don't be surprised if I kind of just pop out of nowhere, you know, just like I did, you know, from Alexander City and popped on the scene of Tennessee Chattanooga. And then I just kind of popped out of nowhere when I started emerging with the San Francisco 49ers. So, again, you know, I, I, I'm really trying to turn my passion now into into some different, uh, different, pa- uh, different paycheck. You know, so I'm trying to turn my passion to a paycheck um, outside of football. And so, again, don't don't be alarmed, don't be surprised. You know, when you see something, um, obviously it would be behind it. So um, that's where I am right now. Um, obviously, I'm trying to do some stuff. Obviously, give back in terms of uh, the knowledge that I've gained um, on the football field. Give 
give back in, in, in that certain way. Um, I'm working on policy, possibly doing some, uh, doing some camp, so like a fantasy receiver camp or uh, something similar um, to kind of educate kids and give them. I want to give back uh, a lot that I've gained throughout throughout my career because I know I was, you know, 20, 30 years ago, I was I was a nobody. Right. Nobody knew anything about Terrell Lawrence and. Uh, I was at UT Chattanooga, wasn't a high school All-American, anything like that. Didn't play my freshman year. And, uh, as again, I, I was one of those kids that, you know, took advantage of opportunity. Um, I can't stress it enough. You know, when I was in high school, I did the same thing in college. And when I was left college and I went to the pros, I did the same thing. And that was ask the coach, uh, when can I get in the weight room after hours, um, I did That's it in great. high school, yeah. um, did it in college when I, when I couldn't afford to go home for the holidays and everybody, and I was sitting at, at my room, uh, on campus or whatever, had nothing to do, barely any food to eat. I would ask the coach, could I get the key to the weight room? And I went down there in the, in the weight room and I lift, you know, every little bit count. It all adds up. The work ethic, you know, yes. um, over time. And so mm-hmm. that's that's what happened to me. I started to get bigger, I started to get faster and I did it when I was got into the professional uh into the National Football League. Um our facility was twenty four seven. Uh had my uh, hired a, a personal trainer, had him come out, stay with me. After practice I would go back into the take go home for a few hours, go back to the facility, we would get some workouts in and you know, that's how I became, you know, uh, physical. That's how I became a load to deal with on the football field because I put in that hard work. And so um, when you saw, when everybody sees the celebrations and, and me having excitement and me entertaining on the football field, that's where all of that stems from because I knew the hard work, the grind yes. of work that I put into it um, to where when I scored touchdowns, I wanted to celebrate. I wanted to just, you know, uh, just give back to give back to the to the to the fans that were you know that's been working all week. You know they did one day uh, out of the week they come to to the park and and watch their favorite team and some of their favorite players play and you know and I'm and I'm I'm hoping that I was uh, a lot of uh, a lot of fans favorites. Yeah, and you say dream big and go big. I, I had advice today. Someone said go big, and meaning you go for your, right. your biggest. Don't settle for less. You can do so much. And and I heard about you talking about your faith, the same thing with my faith. I said, you know what, I'm going to go big. I'm going to go for the best. I'm not going to settle for less because God wants us to do our very best in everything we do. And that's what you showed in your work ethic in, in so many different ways, Terrell. And then, and again, the last thing is the commercial. What would you think of that Super Bowl commercial? I watched it and I was thinking, and then it's very cool because I, uh, I know um, some of your people are, that surround you and I, and I was and I saw the post on Facebook and I'm like I can't wait to watch the commercial. What'd you think of that whole process being back to the Super Bowl in a different way on on a commercial? <laughs> well, it's funny I, I I have yet to see the the actual uh, commercial itself because I was out of the country um, doing some business, you know, uh, you know, trying to uh, create uh, an international fan base. So I haven't seen the the commercial just yet. I do have a DVR. Um, but again, the, the feedback that I've gotten on the commercial was, has been great. Um, everybody loved it. And, uh, you know, I think again, you know, for myself, you know, me being, you know, who I am from the South, um, I'm definitely a humble guy. I understand where I grew up and where I'm from. And, you know, you can't please everybody. Everybody's going to have something negative to say. Um, uh, but I know in my heart of heart who I am. 
um, who my, my, my family, my, my, my mom and my grandmother raised me to be. And that's all I can be. You know, you, you're not going to be able to, uh, to please, please 100% of, of people in this world. And so for me, you know, I can make fun of myself. You know, I've always, I've never really taken myself, you know, serious as, as people may, may think. So uh, for myself, it was, it was fun to do it. Um, I mean, I'm on, the, I'm, I'm on a, a national stage. Again, where millions of people uh, viewed the, the the Super Bowl, they viewed the commercial. Um, I'm, I, I'm, I shared the same uh, space, commercial space, space with you know the likes of uh, Brett Favre, Larry Allen, Franco Harris, and, and Emmitt Smith. So um, you know what 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 better other people and Hall of Famers to to do a commercial with than those guys? So again, I'm blessed and, and fortunate and thankful for the opportunity. And uh, again, you know, for myself. I don't think I'm going to go anywhere. Go anywhere. I'm going to always feel like um, I'm somebody. I'm going to be relevant. Um, again, I thank God for the opportunities, and even just with the opportunities that being on a celebrity apprentice may bring. Then, you know, obviously, uh, international uh, commercial um, that Wix.com provided. Um, again, you know, God is—he's always blessing. He's always putting me in position, uh, position to succeed. You know, again, uh, there's a lot of people out there that. That, that smile in your face, but you know, uh, they don't want to see you do it. Yeah, do well. Yeah. That's so true. So uh, I appreciate T.O. taking the time uh, to be on the show, especially with your busy schedule. You're amazing, and it's really great to to learn who the true person is. We we talk about athletes all the time, and we just watch what they do on the field or what the media says. But when you get to have a nice one-on-one conversation, learn who T.O. is, it's fantastic, and how you're trying to be a great role model for kids and to really have them dream big and do the very best that they can where's the best place we can find you terrell where can we go uh, oh man you can always go to terrellowens.com um there's always going to be updates um, i'm constantly trying to keep my website um as updated and fresh a- a- as possible um you know obviously you know trying to you know uh, keep the content on there fresh um obviously i'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a very savvy uh social media guy um definitely find me on instagram twitter um, my name on both is at Carol Owens. Um, so again, you know, please follow, um, you know, you got any questions or, or anything there, there are uh, places on there where you can reach out and try to, uh, again, uh, you know, get involved with some of the things that I'm doing. If you need to reach out for any bookings or anything like that, there is information on all of those, uh, uh all of those sites. And, uh, I'm on Facebook as well. You can find me at Facebook at CarolOwens.com. Um, I know I have a fan page and I have a personal page, but um, either way you can uh, you can get a hold of me. So again, I, I just appreciate this opportunity to to be able to really just really to just share you know some of what I've been going through, what I'm continuing to do, and obviously with God's blessings and and His His mercy, um, I'm always going to try. I always going to feel like I'm I'm on top. And so um, sometimes it's not always you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, um, but you just keep grinding, and that's what I'm doing now, man. Just just, just, just grinding, just yes, grinding, yes. and then just trying to be the best person. And, and I understand the platform that God has put me on, and to really to impact a lot of lives. And so, um, and, and I thank God for that opportunity that I'm able to do that because people can now they can hear, uh, they can hear me for themselves, they can hear the sincerity uh, in my voice, and, and they, they can hear the passion. Um, and that's what I played with. I played with this, 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 this same passion, and I want to really, I want to be able to give back and. Because you know, I know there's a lot of kids out there and a lot of parents out there that wants 
the best for their kids. And so what better opportunity um, than to take advantage of, of, of someone like myself. And, and there are other guys around the league that are doing the same thing. Right, and that's the thing about the league, and when we 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 paint a picture about people without getting to know them, and that's I believe I've interviewed so many NFL athletes, and you guys are fantastic, and I wish that people would see truly who they are as people, because that's what it is, and we learned tonight definitely about that. So, To thanks again for calling, and best of luck to you. All right, thanks so much. Thank you. All right, take care. Okay, bye bye. You're listening to Total Celebrity Show, and we'll be back in just a moment. Celebrity slots. Free spin. Free to play mobile social slot games in the likeness of your favorite celebrities. Making money. Spin to win celebrity experiences through sweepstakes. Free to download. Free to play. Yeah, baby. What are you waiting for? Win meet and greets celebrity merchandise, gift cards, and more. Download Celebrity Slots today. Hi, everyone, and welcome. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the COVID-19 Vaccine Show. I'm excited to welcome Dr. Mark Hayden. Dr. Mark, what's up? Oh, so far, things are, are, are fairly comfortable in the United States. Uh, this is fairly been- comfortable. Uh, COVID's over. Well, that's what they would have you believe, but then the uh, uh, it, it depends on the locality where you're at. And there's a huge difference between the different population exposures in the different localities. They're not telling you that. On no, the- they don't. Uh, and that, and, and you always have to ask yourself, why are you not getting the full story? And right well, now- if you, watch, uh, see, if you watch CNN right now, there's COVID's done. There's no death count anymore. Any of that stuff. Yes. And if you're interested in selling a hotel or let's say you own a stadium now's the, in the United States, now's the time to sell that stadium because, Hey, guess what? People may think that COVID's over. Hey, I'm getting a bargain. I'm buying a stadium at a very low cost. And, and the time to move some of these assets uh, is going to be when people think that COVID's over. But guess what? If you go over to the Olympics, the Olympics is not having spectators at the end of July. And, that, and that, there's a reason for that, because it's not going to be safe. All right, so tell me what's going on. Well, if you look at the original exposure rates, they were radically different depending on the type of countries and the type of lockdowns they did. Some of the countries had very stringent lockdowns and they had very tight social control. Some of those countries are like uh, Vietnam, that was a uh, kind of semi-socialist, a socialist communist country that they apparently had very, very, very few cases, less than a few hundred in the original uh, coronavirus epidemic. But as a result of having a lockdown, very few people were exposed in Vietnam. So they had no exposure to the spike protein in the mild form. And we're gonna call the original form, the first wave, a mild form. So in Vietnam, there was very, very little exposure. The population was very young 
and none of the young people actually had had hardly any exposure because they they did excellent diagnostics they located the cases and they stopped it from spreading here's the problem with that approach the problem is is that most of the population had had no antibody defense whatsoever now in the united states we're not having a lot of cases right now but the reason there are two reasons for that the number one reason is most most people probably about what is the the number of percentage of adults vaccinated total percentage 50%, of the population 50 percent i'm hearing 50 percent yeah about let's just say 50 percent yeah that's that is not how most people got their immunity most people in the united states got their immunity because they were exposed in in one of the prior waves they were exposed in low dose respiratory low dose and they had asymptomatic cases and so really people think that the vaccine companies saved them and that's really nice government propaganda that's good information for for big pharma and, and it helps keep people give people the idea that hey my government saves me that's really reassuring for them but that's not the way things work in the united states in the united states if you have immunity you likely got that immunity through exposure before you even got your shot. Remember, we didn't really start giving the vaccines until the end of the last right. wave. And so guess what? Far more people were exposed to low dose in their intestinal tract, accidentally inhaling it. And many people had very asymptomatic cases. So for every one known case, there were probably three to five or six or more unknown cases. In fact, the government doesn't try to even determine how many people got it through asymptomatic spread through symptomatic. So in the United States, guess what? Just like with the flu epidemic that came through year after year, the, the amount of the population that only about 20% of the whole population or minority of the population would get flu. That's because the other part of the population got exposed, but they were asymptomatic. Now, you heard this from many of the initial experts, people that were not bought and paid for by Big Pharma. And the beautiful thing about it was the initial waves were not all that deadly. If you look at the first wave and the second wave of coronavirus, they didn't kill middle-aged people. They didn't kill many young people. They killed people that were at the end of their life. That was the case 99% of the time. Of course, for the government to try to control the narrative and for certain political classes, they, they, they treated, and in order to try to take away your rights and, and get you to be under their control and under their thumb, they said, if you don't, if you don't listen to us, you're all going to die, that type of right. mess. Mm -hmm. But that wasn't true. It was never true. What, the, what, what you saw was a very mild coronavirus case that would attack mainly those older than 60 years old. Almost all the deaths, like the vast majority of deaths were confined to the older than 60 age group, people with multiple diseases that were likely to die anyway. And even those, and actually the case count was inaccurate because they were doing, uh, far too many uh, actual measurements 
of the, the multiplication factor on the PCR testing was not accurate, oftentimes oversensitized, wasn't standardized. So there was a, a ton of inaccurate information, but the reason why the United States did well was because it was spread, the initial mild coronavirus was spread throughout the United States in the first of several waves. Now, the reason why India is doing poorly and did poorly for a while is because they, with their hundreds of millions of cases, had mutations that are much more complex and they got a worse variant. But even India now, it's clearing up. It's clearing up in India, even though the rest of India is not vaccinated. How is that happening? Well, guess what? Natural exposure is occurring in this aerosolized virus in India. And so the population of India was exposed in a large part to a very mutated, very much more hostile form of coronavirus. And, but guess what? They didn't all die. Yes, a lot of people did die in India. Uh, they, their death rate hit 4,000 4, people a day for a number of days. And, and you know, each and every person is special. Uh, each and every person has family and, and, and sisters. And, you know, our, our hearts should go out to them. Uh, and, and, and what are you saying, Mark? Very, that, that even any of the waves we should ignore or just allow natural immunity to fix it? Let me tell you, people, here's the kicker. In the Indian variant, the Indian variant began to strike the ages from 40 to 60. If that had been the variant that spread in the United States, the death rate would have been, the total death rate in the United States would have been much, much higher. Probably about two or three times what it was. It would probably would have been over a million, a million and a half, two million. Now, bear in mind, there's like 350 million Americans. It's not, um, that doesn't stop, you know, society completely, but it is it, very severe. And the, the number of death rates would have been much more severe. The number, the impact on life expectancy would have been more, 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 more impactful. So part of this now, now we're getting into finger pointing blame. We have these supply side shortages in computer chips, in, uh, in lumber in the United States. Right. We have lumber prices going up. We have shortages of all kinds of weird things, like, like uh, what hamburger now is supposed to be. Uh, you know, it, it, the supply chain was very stressed because people were sick for a while, and some of these things are starting to catch up. And the economy is, is now, what, 5 or $10 million dollars? So Ten, what, what do you have to show, for us to show today, Mark? Okay, let's, let's just look at what's going on. Let's go ahead and, and I, I'm sharing my screen with you right now, aren't I? Right, yes, you are. Okay, one of the things that I like to do is, is to get people to look at world media. Don't just look at U.S. Okay. corporate media. Get your information from around the world from multiple sources. You should be skeptical of all sources, but be especially skeptical of sources that want to take you for money. Now, one of the things we've never done on this show, Neil, we've never asked anybody for money. 
Right. We've never exploited taking a dollar from anybody for this show. But I encourage people to study coronavirus from around the world and look at other viewpoints. That will help your understanding and help, help you build your knowledge base based on information from around the world. Let's look at what China, do you see this on here that China yes. urges the US to explain its research yes. at Fort Detrick? Let me give a, a word of comment about this. The US, what we are seeing now is not the weaponized version of coronavirus. It hasn't reached a weaponized potential. Okay. The weaponized version would kill about 80 or 90% of people with probably within about three or four days. Oh Not It wouldn't kill just 1% or less than 1% within 18 days. So there's a huge difference. Now, no country in the world, nobody has actually seen the weaponized version. The weaponized version is able to transmit as an aerosol. And instead of having just the toxic effect of a coronavirus multiplying out of control with a new spike protein, it has toxins in it. Now, can those types of, of viruses be created? Yes, they can. Is it important for the governments of the world, China, Russia, and Fort Detrick? Is it reasonable for them to develop defenses and to study viruses that can be weaponized? Absolutely. Yes. Coronavirus is new in that it is the first virus that can be aerosolized in the asymptomatic form. That means somebody walking up to you totally without symptoms, without a rash, can be exhaling virus. And that virus could contain DNA material that could be encoded for toxic proteins that could kill you within days. And yet, none of the nobody has actually completely weaponized this program yet. Is it the duty of Fort Detrick to defend the American people from a weaponized version of coronavirus? Yes, yes it is. And you know, but those types of discussions should be open discussions and transparent discussions. Yes, yeah, so let's Fauci, see the, Fauci knew the CDC shut down the Fort Detrick lab. The CD, and back in 2019, the CDC had control and authority over Fort Detrick. They knew these issues were out there, but they never discussed them with the, with the public because they were national security issues and they wanted to be top secret. Their excuse for not informing the American public was that they didn't want to inspire terrorists and make bioterrorism. You know, the real people that want to make a weaponized virus they're not idiots. They're going to figure this stuff out on their own anyway. What you need out of good government is honesty and transparency. And you didn't have a lot of honesty and transparency. And because right. the government wasn't honest with people about the weaponization potential of an aerosolized virus, guess what? People learn not to trust their government in the United so, States. Yeah, so let's check well, out this video. Yes, check out this yes. video. Mm -hmm. And so, hey, guess what? The reason why people don't trust the CDC is because the CDC exactly. doesn't yeah. trust its own people. That's right. It doesn't trust the American people with the full story. So our 
are places like Fort Detrick, is the Chinese research programs, are there rational reasons for having them? Yes. Do I think that anybody in any government weapons program deliberately loosed a very, the coronavirus? I do not. Can that coronavirus eventually be mutated? And will it be a long-term threat that will replace flu? Absolutely. I don't think you're ever going to go back to the days you're not going to be able under the current conditions to eliminate coronavirus. It will continue to mutate into more virulent strains. One of the big issues by this winter will be how much immunity will the people who were vaccinated still have a year? The people that were I am vaccinated, how long will that immunity last? I suspect that natural immunity where it grew in the intestinal tract will last much farther, much longer than the I am immunity. Okay, all right, now, let's, now, let's, let's definitely play this with you, yeah. Okay, so look, here we go. Look, if we look at this guy from China, and you know, I, it doesn't make me a communist just because I go to uh, Chinese foreign, foreign in, information. But it's a way you share the screen, Mark, to do that. So just explain yes. what the video is look, t- saying. Yeah. Look, that's going to go on. And I encourage all people to understand these issues. Do you want to book your vacation while you can? Yes, you should in the United States. Are we going to have another wave probably this fall? Probably. Will it be reduced because we already have exposure? Yes. There are similarities between the spike protein and and probably much of that will carry over to the people who have natural exposure. The biggest risk to the United States is people that were not exposed, who are totally dependent on the intramuscular shots to prevent transmission or to prevent their long or give them long-term immunity. That's not well understood. Now, as on this program, we presented ideas on a modified attenuated live virus oral vaccine. That should be coming out. And that is by far the, the safest, easiest to administer vaccine for large countries. Now, if you look at Vietnam, Vietnam has gone the uh, Sinopharm, the Chinese vaccine, that is IM. And, you know, good for the Chinese uh, and good for Vietnam. I mean, they're just looking for for short-term solutions. But is coronavirus here to stay? Will it continue to cause problems? Yes. And is this a temporary lull in between waves? It is. But is this over? No, No, it's not over. And we are likely to see continued mutations. And the idea of herd immunity, here's what's funny. China's target for vaccinations was 80%. They never got there. Herd immunity, the more the virus becomes aerosolized, the better it is, the higher the herd immunity has to be. So as the virus becomes better aerosolized, your herd immunity ratio has to be upwards of 90 to 95%. That is almost impossible to obtain without 
low dose exposure of almost everybody in the environment uh, of in the in environment and if immunity decreases among the older population or the people that are vaccinated then that is going to have a huge impact later this winter and you'll still get waves coming through so you know all these are considerations now is 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 this anything to get upset over it's not you know, I want to end this message, this meeting on a, a close note. We do these meetings. We do, Neil, right. you and I do these meetings. Uh, I do these meetings. I enjoy them. I did something with coronavirus that most people wouldn't do. I swallowed it while it was alive, deliberately. Uh, I enterically coded it. I have a website, antivirusair.com which went into detail about the aerosolization, how coronavirus becomes an aerosol. And on that website, it actually discusses how you can exhale charged virus. That was the best and still is the best technical public document about how coronavirus is aerosolized. I applied for patents in both the China and the United States. I have no delusions that I will become rich off coronavirus. I don't ask people for their money. The physicians in the community should be informed about how viruses like coronaviruses are aerosolized. They should pursue knowledge. They should be leaders in their community. The community doesn't need the local bioweapons center to be the experts on bioweapons. The community needs your community physicians to understand coronavirus, how it's aerosolized, how it can be mutated, how it can be a potential biological warfare agent. We haven't seen that biological warfare agent because we're not getting 80 and 90% death rates. That's what's possible within three days. So guess what? We haven't seen the, the bio-warfare applications of coronavirus. Whatever, what we have now is just a, a freak event. I don't want our listeners to feel helpless. It's true that there are enough nuclear weapons to, to kill many millions of people. And, but we need to love people. We need to love the people in China. We need to love the people in India. We need to love our enemies. We need to care about them. And when the virus is over there, we need to track the virus in India and in Japan where the Olympics are. We need to open our hearts and the physicians in your community should not be muzzled or threatened or coerced by the local CDCs. We need healthcare should be at the pub at the local level by your local physicians. Your local physicians are very smart people in every country. They're very capable. And if you'll tap into those people, they can be very resourceful. So the take home message is today that I'm alive today and you're alive because we have a purpose. We have to make the most use of every day. Coronavirus is not gone, and there are so many threats to our lives. 
But ultimately, our, my day to die is already determined. Right. I don't have to live in fear. Exactly. I'm going to die. And what I want to do with the days that I have alive, and Neil, I hope what you do with the days you have alive, be kind to your family. Yes. Be kind to your children. No one day, Neil, you won't be alive for your family. You'll just right. be a memory for your children. I'll be a memory for my children soon and a memory for my wife. I hope I outlive her. I, I'm, I'm older than her. Right. So that's okay. But I've got to do today what I can. Exactly. To be productive. Okay. And you know, I, I number my days. I make my days count. And we want the same. If you're a listener, realize that ultimately fate and destiny are all in God's hands. We, we need to learn and help our friends, our families, and be concerned about our fellow man. We need to trust in science, but we need to always keep our eyes open to the corrupt influence in their information stream. And above all, we need to look close to home, to our friends, our families, the people we, act, we interact with every day, and share love and share positive ideas and be a positive influence on them. And Neil, I want you to have a great weekend this weekend. You too. And if you're watching this, I want you to have a, a, great, a great time. Do not live in fear, educate yourself. Go to antivirusair.com website if you get a chance and make the most of every day. Thank awesome. you. Thank you. Mark. Okay, all right, so you, you know, appreciate it, Mark. That was the COVID-19 vaccine show, take care. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Neil Haley Show. I'm excited to welcome the program, Augie Nost, Broadcast Team Alpha. Augie, what's going on? How are you? Hello, hello. How's the world treat you? I'm doing fantastic, Augie. I know you are as well. And you wanted to update our listening and viewing audience about what's going on with Broadcast Team Alpha. Well, I'll tell you, we're having a blast. We're having the, the time of our life with it because, first of all, we're growing like crazy. And... Uh, we are kind of combining this with a mastermind group that we put together. And uh, my, my co-host, uh, Nori Love and I, we uh, created this close to three years ago. And since then, we have been able to talk to and interview some of the most brilliant minds in the world. And for those out of there that's uh, listening to me now, I always used to say that when I talk, get a pen and a piece of paper out because there just might be something that you may want to write down. And one of them is the web address, broadcastteamalpha.com. And so this is on using the law of attraction. What do you attain in your life using the law of attraction? How do you well, use the I, your, uh, yeah, go. I have been uh, programming the future and a lot of good things are happening. I, uh, I just became a bestseller on Amazon. And uh, another thing is uh, from the and the economic side of it is booming. So uh, this is what I've been programming into the future in the form of abundance. Abundance has a lot more to do than just economics. Right. It is, could be an abundance of friends, abundance of love in your life. It could be an abundance of anything that you would want that could be an abundance of. 
So this is what's happening for just me. And then there are other people in the group that have had some incredible things happen. One lady was given a house because she was three days away from uh, being evicted so <laughs> from another place. So she had a good so, mindset that she was going to yeah. get it. There is really goofy things happen. It seems like it just falls out of trees on your path sometimes. When so what if you it. just say, but you have to have it in your mindset. You can accomplish it too. You can't say I'm going to make a million dollars, but not have the capability to make a million dollars. Yeah. And the trick about the million dollars, see, see uh, this is really goofy. I, I'm going to show you. I haven't really done this much, but here's a check. Right. See all the zeros on it? Yes. 200, $200 million. And I'm going to cash that check one day because there's a project that I need to finish. And this is the check that's going to finance it. I'm going to cash that check someday. And I starting to understand now where it's coming from. So it is developing outside of the physical and it's being drawn into the physical. This is what we teach people how to do on the mastermind connection. So if somebody like to join us, send us an email to the mastermind connection at gmail.com. That is the mastermind connection at gmail.com. And uh, we'll send you uh, some information about what we do and how we do. And then also a link to come and join us to check it out. And the live session. So everybody, everyone can be part of the mastermind. Then. Absolutely. It's, it's, I'll, I'll get you on. I'll get you a link and uh, a man in your position. But is that, is that your live show on Tuesdays or is that something different? Totally different. Uh, we do that on Sundays. The live session on Sundays at 11 o'clock California time or two o'clock uh, East Coast time. And uh, we do that for one hour. And then we have another hour afterwards when we do some deep discussions and discoveries. And then on Monday night, uh, we do a class or something. And Wednesday night, the same thing. And uh, people are just, they love it. So um, come and check it out. Send us an email. All right. So broadcastteamalpha.com. Law of attraction yep. we discussed today. We discussed the aging process. We discussed everything in broadcast team alpha that people might not believe is true, but it is. Go to broadcastteamalpha.com right now. And I appreciate you stopping by, Augie. It was a great conversation. Yeah, this was fun. And uh, we hope to see you in the mastermind and go visit uh, Broadcast Team Alpha and check out the videos and the radio shows. I even have a TV interview that I did 18 years ago, maybe 17 years ago on time travel. I showed a time travel device that I've been using and had some very strange experiences with. And this thing was in the BBC television came over and did an interview with myself and Michio Kaku and a couple of other people. And I demonstrated that thing and it was uh, it was a blast. All right, and okay. it, it awesome. So broadcastteamalpha.com, take care, Augie, and thanks for stopping by. Live long and prosper. All right, take care. <laughs> You're listening to Neil Haley Show and watching the Neil Haley Show, and we'll be back in just a moment. <laughs> 